I want to talk to you about a topic that God has put on my heart, and it's the topic of perseverance. The title of my message is called Persevere. You see, if we're going to fulfill and accomplish what God has put in our heart, it's going to take perseverance. It's going to take a holy determination, a Holy Spirit determination not to quit and give up along the journey. You see, it's easy to begin something. We're all excited that God may have spoken to us a dream, an assignment he's given us. We might even tell friends and family. But then all of a sudden, as time goes on, we don't have the celebrating people alongside us. The emotional highs that we were experiencing fade. And we have mundane day in and day out of doing the same thing. And maybe you don't see much results happening. And it's easy in those moments to want to quit and give up. Can I encourage you not to, to persevere, to keep moving forward despite the way things look? You see, God has every intention of bringing to pass the dream or assignment he's put in you. He's resourced you, he's equipped you, he's anointed you for the task. He's anointed you to keep moving forward regardless of the opposition. You see, the word persevere means this, to continue doing something or trying to do something even though it's difficult. Another definition says to persist in a state or undertaking in spite of counter influences or opposition or discouragement. Are you hearing that? It means to keep moving forward, not giving up, being determined despite opposition, discouragement, or things coming against us that we would prefer not, that they, they weren't coming against us. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.36, 10.36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Did you hear that? You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. It says this in the New Living Translation. It says it a little different. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that God has promised. Notice that we have to be patient and we have to endure the trials and the challenges we face. And also that you must persevere if you're going to receive what God promised. In other words, it's not going to just happen. You have to be willing to play your part of what God's asking you to do. He will always keep his end of the bargain. But he's looking for you to play your part, to be faithful of, to do what he's asked you to do, even in the midst of adversity, critics, challenges, the devil coming against you. Nehemiah is a great example in the Bible of learning to persevere against opposition and challenges. You see, he was a part of God's family and the people of Israel back when the Israelites were sent into exile by the Babylonians. And then the Persians came in and conquered the Babylonians. And so Nehemiah found himself in a great prominent position. He was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes of the Persians. 
So he was around the king literally every single day in protecting him. So when the king ate food, Nehemiah tasted his beverages and food before um, it was given to the king. And so he was in a trusted position, a place where the king could be very vulnerable. And one day, Nehemiah's brother and some of the leaders that were allowed to go back to Jerusalem and Judea to um, reestablish themselves in Jerusalem. They came and they said to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, it's devastating. Our city, Jerusalem, the walls are torn down. The gates have been burned. We're completely unsafe. And Nehemiah felt enormous burden for God's people. And so he began to cry out to God, God, we have your people. We've sinned against you. We, we've wronged you. But please listen to our prayer. We repent of our sins and we want to follow you. God heard his cry and he, a short time later, he was standing before the king and he had a downtrodden face. And the king said, what's wrong, Nehemiah? And Nehemiah said, it's hard for me not to be downtrodden when my own people, the wall in Jerusalem is torn down and the gates are burnt and my people are left unsafe. And so he said, if it pleases the king, would you give me favor to go and rebuild the wall and the gates and to protect my people? I will do this mission and I, here's the plan. I want to do it. Will you give me favor to do that? Also, will you give me documents, the authority from the king written in a letter with your signature protecting me when I go through these lands on my way to Jerusalem? So when people ask, what am I doing? I have the authority from you, king. And will you please, if I find favor in your sight, will you resource this venture of mine to help rebuild the city? And the king gave him favor. God had given Nehemiah favor with the king, and the king said yes. So the king used his army, some of his men, to go safely guide Nehemiah to Jerusalem. And then Nehemiah snuck out of the city late one night and he went and he scouted out the whole perimeter of the city where the walls had been torn down and the city gates burned. And then, then he came back and he talked to his officials. And this is what he said in Nehemiah 2, 16 through 18. The city officials did not know I have been out there had not been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Notice this. They had the authority from the king. They had the anointing and favor of God. And even the Israelite leaders that were in the city agreed, yes, let's do this thing. But immediately upon them saying yes 
and doing this great work, they faced opposition. In Nehemiah 2.19, it says this, But when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab heard of our plans, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. You see, they were trying to put fear and intimidate Nehemiah and the leaders in the land from, from keeping, they were trying to stop them from doing that great work that God was commissioning them to do. So Nehemiah fought against his critics in, in this sense. He, he persevered against their lies and continued to, stay, to steadfastly do the work which God had given them. Yet, as they continued the work, more opposition ensued. The enemy, Sanballat and Tobiah, came out as they saw them rebuilding the wall, and they began to laugh at them and say, even if you build the wall, a fox, if he trotted on top of it, it would come crumbling down because you're using charred bricks, and you can't possibly cause this construction project to work. And then, because they still continued, they offered more threats, and they said, Terror is going to come from every direction and we're going to kill you and we're going to eliminate you from this plant from the planet so you can't continue this work. They tried again to intimidate and cause this great work to stop. Yet Nehemiah refused to listen. He continued the work and this is what he says in Nehemiah 4:14. 4, then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. He said in, in the midst of them trying to raise up an army against Nehemiah and his officials and the great men and women that were rebuilding the wall, he told them to fight with their spears in one hand and one hand building the wall. And then he, with a leader mind, he told them to half of the people would stand guard and half of the people would be building the wall. And at any point they faced opposition, they would be ready for battle. Yet, once again, pers they persevered through that difficulty. And once again, the opposition came back at them in greater degrees. You see, this time, Sanballat and Tobiah, they told Nehemiah, you need to come down from the wall and come meet with us. We have to talk with you about this, what you're doing, because it's not good. And four times, Nehemiah said each time, I cannot come down. This is a distraction. I can see right through your plans. You're trying to harm me and possibly murder me and keep me from doing the great work of God. He refused to come down. He stayed focused on the mission and persevered against their lies. Once again, Sanballat and Tobiah, this time they themselves came to the wall with a letter in hand, a false letter accusing Nehemiah that he's revolting against the king to build a kingdom of for himself. And they were going to go tell the king against how Nehemiah was trying to build a kingdom unto himself. Once again, Nehemiah said that is a lie. So this is what Nehemiah said against the, the pressure and the mounting lies of his enemies. 
He said, I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that we could, that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Do you hear that? Nehemiah, instead of stopping, he was more determined than ever to continue the work which God gave him. That's a lesson for all of us. When the opposition gets greater and greater, you dig in your heels. Holy Ghost gumption to never give up, to not stop, to not quit and give in to the lies of the enemy. So he was, he was determined. Yet once again, even though Nehemiah was determined, the opposition continued to mount. In Nehemiah 6, 10 through 14, it says this, Later I went to visit Shemaiah, son of Deliah and grandson of Medabal, who was confined to his home. He said, Let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. This is what Nehemiah said. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his, his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Remember, oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Noadiah the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. Are you getting the boldness and the confidence of Nehemiah in God? His, will, his unwillingness to relent and stop the incredible work which God had given him? That is a man of God who is absolutely determined, willing to persevere against all odds to fulfill the assignment God gave him. And because of that, he actually finished the work. You see, perseverance pays off. When you persevere through unfair treatment, through critics and the lies of the enemy, when you stand in the presence of God and determined under his power and his anointed to keep moving forward, no matter what the enemy is telling you, the devil, his lies, or even what your flesh is telling you to do, you'll see great victory on the other side. In Nehemiah 6.15, it says this, So on October 2nd, the wall was finished, just 52 days after he had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. You see, when you push through adversity and accomplish the assignment God has for you. It inspires everyone around you. People realize that the only way that was possible was through the hand of God. And people go on and say, oh my gosh, I realized that was God. I tried to stop it. Nothing could stop what God wanted to do. And it inspired a whole nation of people that had been in exile that now were back in Jerusalem and in Judea. They realized that God was for them. Why? Because they were determined not to give up. They persevered. And because of it, they saw the fruitfulness and faithfulness of God. So I want to encourage you, 
Don't give up on your assignment. Don't give up on the dream God put inside of you. Keep going. At the appointed time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. You see, God's empowered us through His Holy Spirit, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness. You see, in the early church, God's people, the apostles, faced enormous opposition, but because they allowed the Holy Spirit to empower them, they were bold witnesses, and they never gave up. They fulfilled what God gave them to do. God has anointed and equipped you as well. He's resourced you. He's given you everything you need. When you face opposition, look at it this way. It's actually an encouragement because you know that you're on track. The enemy wants to try to stop you. He considers you a threat to his kingdom of darkness. So it's actually a compliment when the enemy comes against you because you are pushing back darkness and furthering God's eternal kingdom. So keep going forward regardless of the opposition. I had to face this in my own life. There was a season I was, I was a leader in my parents' church. And I was leading this small group. And it turned into a large group. And we were meeting each week. It was an amazing time. And one day, God began to stir my heart that your season was up doing that. I've called you to move to Thailand and start working for an organization called Destiny Rescue to free children out of sexual slavery. And God was about to make good on a promise he made to me 13 years earlier. And so I began to step out and do that. Well, my dad, because he cared about the people that were under my care, actually was like, Corey, I don't know that that's God. Like, what are you going to do with all these people that are under your care? Who's going to take care of them? And I said, Dad, I don't know who's going to take care of them, but that's God's responsibility. My job is to be obedient to Him. When He leads me on to a new task, He's going to raise somebody else up in my stead if He wants that work to continue. If I were to stay, it would not be good because new wine is meant for new wineskin. In other words, when God calls you to a new season, the old season won't work anymore. There's, not, there's no longer the grace there. So it was really scary having to push forward, even though at first my dad wasn't in agreement, the pastor of the church wasn't in agreement with the decision I was making. But as I continued to lean forward and trust God stepping out, he eventually saw the hand of God on what I was doing and embraced this new season and change. And God raised up somebody else. When I moved to Thailand, a short time after I made that decision to come on staff with Destiny Rescue, I remember I was in Bangkok getting ready to fly up to Chiang Rai, Thailand to be part of their, their international media department. I was a writer for the organization and coming on staff as a writer. And I remember the very night in Bangkok, it was like the devil and his evil cohorts bombarded my mind with lies. Things like, you might as well just quit and give up. You might as well not go forward. You're gonna fail. People won't like you. You're, you're not gonna succeed. You don't have a degree in writing. They're asking you to be a senior writer for the organization and you don't even have a degree in it. You might as well pack your bags and just go home now. It was this super heavy, dark, scary oppression. And I'll never forget, I got on my knees 
And I felt God say, Corey, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? In other words, persevere through these lies. Push through it on your way to victory. I have anointed you, Corey. I've called you to this assignment and I am with you to succeed. I'm so grateful I chose to listen to the voice of God instead of the lies of the enemy and fear that was trying to grip me. I stepped through that and went on board to start working for Destiny Rescue as their senior writer and was, was there for a year and a half. I now have been with Destiny Rescue for over nine years in many different roles. Today, I live back in the United States speaking for the organization. But since I came on board with Destiny Rescue, we've rescued over 7,300 individuals. And I think back, God is using me to play a part in that. There's a massive, amazing team making that all happen. It's not just me, of course, but I'm playing my part in what God's asking me to do. And it has taken an enormous amount of perseverance not to quit and give up because when you're fulfilling the mission of God, you're pushing back darkness. What is it God has given you to do? What assignment has he asked you to accomplish? Are you on the sidelines because of the lies of the enemy and discouragement? Can I encourage you? I believe this is a word for you. Get back up, get in the game, keep moving forward. God is not done with you. He has more for you to do and it's going to take Holy Spirit determination and perseverance. You see, I want to encourage you not to give up on your marriage. I want to encourage you not to give up on the promise God made you. Maybe you're on a weight loss journey and God's encouraging you to lose some weight so you can be healthy to do your God-given assignment. And yet you feel discouragement because it's taking longer than you think. Now, now's the time to dig in your heels and not give up. Keep pushing forward. God will see you through to victory. Has God called you not to give up ministry? The enemy's trying to get people to jump ship in ministry. And I want to encourage you, stick with what God put in your heart. Don't give up. You'll see amazing fruit if you keep going forward. Maybe God's put a dream in your heart to be married and to have kids one day, and it hasn't happened yet. Don't get discouraged and make a poor choice. Allow God to lead and direct your steps and at just the right time, he will help you step into that. You see, you gotta be committed to the plan. Success happens when we're committed and commitment means faithfulness. You keep moving forward with what you know God's asked you to do. Nehemiah, knew that God asked him to build the wall. So he kept doing that faithfully. What has God asked you to faithfully do? Don't wait for the approval of people or the applause of people. You have the applause of Almighty God. And at just the right time, he will help you overcome and step into the incredible fruitfulness of the decision to stay committed to the assignment. So I wanna encourage you, don't give up. And then lastly, I want you to count the cost. You see, there's a cost involved in following God. There's a cost involved in fulfilling the mission and assignment God's given you. Jesus said this, to count the cost. When people were asking, can I follow you? He said, well, don't do it lightly. When a builder 
determines whether he's going to build a building, what he does is he has to count the cost of what it's going to take to build it. Otherwise, if he calculates wrong, he might not have enough money for all the supplies to build the building. And then people will, will look at him and laugh because he wasn't able to accomplish the building. He also said when a king goes to war, before he goes to war, he considers the cost involved. How many men will it take to defeat the enemy? And if he doesn't have the right amount of resources to do that, he won't go to battle. But if he does, he counts the cost. And in the same way, God is asking us to count the cost. It will cost you something to follow Christ. It will cost you something to step into your divine purpose and destiny. It means you might have to give up other things. It might mean you have to say no to even good things. Sometimes hanging out with friends. Sometimes um, not going on a vacation. Other times it means not hanging out with certain people because they're a bad influence on you. Whatever the cost, I will tell you this, the benefit and the reward far outweighs the cost. So I want to encourage you in this. Persevere. Stay committed to what God's given you to do. I promise you, if you do, God will see you through to victory as he did Nehemiah and he ha as he has done me so many times on my own journey with God. You might not have people encouraging you on, but you have Almighty God. God's saying, get in the game. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't turn around. There's an amazing, amazing destiny in front of you, and you will see it come to pass if you persevere. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for this amazing group of people that are listening to this message. I pray that you would infuse in them a Holy Spirit determination not to quit and give up, that they would fulfill the assignment which you've given them. The enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy and keep people from experiencing your plan and purpose for their life. He's a dream stealer, but you have come and you have conquered death in the grave that we might live an overcoming life, a successful life, that we can step into our promised land and fulfill the mission which you've given us. May you give this man and woman of God who's listening to this the courage and the strength to keep moving forward against all odds, against all opposition, against all um, battles in their mind, and against um, anything that would try to set themselves up against the plan and purpose you have for them. Give them courage and boldness in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Take care and God bless.